Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Uh, you look tired. But hey, I, you know what, though? It could be worse because I fell down the steps the other day, so I could look dead right now. So how is your butt bone feeling after falling down the basement stairs? Somehow was largely unscathed, but for an injured butt bone. But we powered through. Oh, baby, Florio's ass is bruised, but he powered through somehow. I don't know how he's done it. How is your ass feeling? few hours later feeling better did it feel good to get up stretch it out a little bit move around how does it feel when you first get off the chair because i've had the bruised ass bone before it's really difficult it's gonna bother you it feels like there is some sort of a knife and or ice pick that is jamming right into the bottom of my ass and when i stand up it you know not up but like it's not it's not like you know, the red hot poker that you talk about, it's more external. Right. This isn't going very well. No. But anyway, it hurts. Right, I, right now I'm fine. Right, right. now I'm fine. And I, and I ordered a butt pillow that has like the hole in the middle. So you 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 take the pressure off of the tailbone. By the time it arrives, I'll probably wait, be healed. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, I have breaking news. Breaking news. We have exclusive footage of this incident uh, via. Uh, this is not funny. I am not going to appreciate oh, uh, this. There he is. There he is. <laughs> this Whoa, is not oh, funny. There he goes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not funny at all. And I, uh, that would have been worse. I did. I, I did more of the. It was like a, a sled ride without a sled or snow. Yes. It was just bumped my ass 14 times from top down to the bottom. We can stop that now. That's very disturbing. <laughs> um, but uh, but it was just straight down and head up, head up. I Somehow I did not. And, and you've been, you haven't been to my house, but, but Casey's been to my house. It's, it's, they are hard stone tile stairs. This isn't carpeted. This isn't wood. These are rock hard stone stairs. I did not hit my head. My feet were up, so I didn't tumble like the poor sap in that video you played. I And it's all, and it all just, it just happened. It was five seconds. It felt like five minutes. I had no control over any of it. And, uh, uh, I'm what were you doing? I'm, why I'm were you going up. into the basement for a workout with no shoes on? Why? Why would you not wear shoes? Because my shoes are in the gym. I got a gym and my shoes were in there. Yep. Okay. So I put clean Everybody, socks we're just, on. We're further just diving into shoes. how rich Florio is. He has a gym down there where he can leave his shoes in the gym, separate from his TV studio, separate from his house, separate from his barn. Damn, you are rich. You ready? Ready? Now? Here we go. Here we go. The, the, the gym is not standalone. It's not like I got a Gold's gym next to my house. It's a room in the house that has workout equipment right. in it. I doubt that I'm the only person in the world 
world that has one. No, I know. I'm a little surprised you slipped on stone, though. I thought it would be wood steps or something like that. The top was wood. Right. The problem is the top part is right. wood and the rest of it's stone. But I slipped on the wood and down I went. Down you went. Okay. Well, down I went in best bets last week. I was 0 for 3. You were 2 and 1. You have a three game lead on me on the season now. That's a shame. I'm going to have to make up some ground here. Uh, last week, you were 10 and 6 straight up. I was 11 and 5 straight up. So I gained a game. I'm only four back on the season. Um, I still have hope that I can win both of those. Versus the spread, we don't even talk about that, but you're dominating there. You're up by 10 games all the way. So we're going to continue to do this, of course, this week and throughout the playoffs. So uh, I have a chance, and it's we don't stop betting or talking ball just because the playoffs came ar- come around. But let's dive into it this week. First of all, first of all, I'm very happy that they have removed the Chris Sims Christmas ornament and brought back evil Roger Goodell. Yeah, I'm very we, we got to do that. something about that too. We got to find a new picture. I mean, geez, I'm only here every day in a little fucking like talking head box. <laughs> and we can't find a new picture of me. Please, please. All right, let's start it out. Battle of Ohio. Okay. Browns at Bengals. Uh, Browns favored by three ba- uh, over and under 43.5. Big game, yes or no for Freddie Kitchens, Mike? Do you think he can save his job? Well, I I think that if you dangle the carrot and make him think that he has a chance to save his job, you enhance your chances of winning. But but again, for the teams that aren't going to make it to the playoffs, I'm a firm believer in not trying to win that last game or two because you're going to find yourself lower in the pecking order than you would have been. Now, it's not going to matter, right? Did they, Wait, what first-round pick did they give up? They gave up this year's first-round pick, so they'll have their first-round pick uh, from the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. That, 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 that's gone. That's yeah, that done. Last it's year, this, right. Yeah, it's this year's that they'll get back. So, so it's important to them. And, and I'm surprised more owners don't think along those lines. There's only so much you can do to engineer a loss in Week 17. They're not going to bench Baker Mayfield. They're not going to evaluate a slew of young talent. They'd like to get to seven and nine. Last year, seven, eight, and one. This year, seven and nine. That's a huge accomplishment for how bad these Browns have been. I don't think it's going to be enough to save Freddie Kitchens if he's already out. I mean, I don't think whether or not they beat a one and 14 Bengals team is going to be the deciding factor, but they're the better team the Browns are. They should beat the Bengals. The Bengals don't seem to really care. And I'll be surprised if the Bengals beat the Browns. So, you know, this one's easy to me. The, for these week 17 games, when you really don't know motivations, who's going to be making business decisions? Yeah. Chris, you've talked about that with Brandon Marshall. Right. When he was at the end of his rookie contract, he was stressed out. I can't go out there and play until I get my contract. How many guys are thinking about that? This is a meaningless game. I don't want to get injured. I don't want to screw up my, my contract interests. I, I'm not going to go out there and take unnecessary risks. I'm not going to play hard. Uh, not that it's going to be Pro Bowl level, but I'm worried that some of these teams just aren't going to have guys who are going all out and trying to win. No, I, I think that's the the difficult thing of Week 17. You got to really almost play the human factor more than anything. Forget the X's and O's. Games like this, it's about who you think, gut feeling, trying to match it all together, put myself in this team's shoes wants to play more. And I think you kind of already said it. The Bengals are the worst team in football. We know that. They got the first pick of the draft locked up. The Browns, yeah, there's talent. They're more talented. And, you know, they're a team that I think, hey, I think you would agree with this. Seven and nine just looks and feels a whole lot better than six and ten. It really does. Whether it's for To Baker, who, though? Who cares? Well, who Freddie cares? Kitchens is going to care. And 
you know, I think the players were care a little bit. I mean, it just feels better, but no, it's not to a big deal. Nobody's going to go home a month from now and go, oh, man, good thing we were 7-9 and nine or 6-10. and 10. Certainly not. I get that. But it'll be maybe a little motivation during the week there for the Browns to get to that. But either way, I'm with you. I'm picking the Browns to win. Let's move on from this. 27-23 is my score. Did you give a score? Uh, let me see here. I got it somewhere. I did not give a score. Better be and prepared I'm looking for the picks podcast. I, I have it right here. I, it's 24 to 17 Browns over Bengals. Okay. 24, 17. Let's move on to the Jameis Winston bowl Falcons at bucks, Dan Quinn, uh, Dimitrov, they're saved. Their jobs are saved. As we found out this morning with breaking news, uh, in Tampa, Bucks favored by one, over under 48. We both believe big implications in this game for Jameis Winston for next year. I am of the belief that if he went out there and just laid an egg this week and threw one touchdown and four interceptions, that it could actually jeopardize him actually being back there next year. Um, what do you say about this? Yeah, I, I think that the uh, the Falcons will be buoyed. Is it buoyed or buoyed? They'll be They'll be boosted by the fact that Dan Quinn is going to be back. They've been playing hard for him. I don't think they're going to take a break in week 17. I, I think the Buccaneers just that that game last week. They had the Texans beat, and I just think it's going to be hard for Bruce Arians to hold everyone together. It's going to be a challenge to get Jameis Winston to avoid being the NFL's first 30 and 30 quarterback. I like the Falcons in this one, 27 to 24 over the Buccaneers. And this is another one of those, where's the motivation going to come from? Who's going to want it more? Who's going to be making business decisions? And I think the Falcons are going to be more intent on finishing on a high note to try to carry that over into next year and try to get people to realize this is not a team where 2016 was the fluke. This year, the start of this year was the fluke. They're going to try to prove they're still a contender. And I think the fact that they're not going to be going through a coaching change will allow them to, to remove that uncertainty, focus on the task at hand, getting it done and beating the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think last week was a little bit of a last hurrah for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And ultimately, I just think without the two receivers, Godwin and Mike Evans, it's just too much for them to overcome against the Atlanta Falcons, who, you're right, have a little something to play for, kind of end on a big year, stick your chest out. Hey, our coach, our team, our organization, we didn't quit. We played hard. You can build on that to the offseason. And bottom line, Matt Ryan's playing Julio Jones is playing right. I didn't miss anything there. The injury, I don't think. I'm just I'm not 100% sure. I feel like he's always kind of on the cusp there. But within that, yeah, I just trust the Falcons a little bit more in this scenario. I'm going Falcons 30-27. to 27. Uh, I think this will be a fun game, a lot of scoring. And do you think Jameis Winston actually throws the 30 interceptions? What do you think? Give me, give me your, your guesstimate. The Falcons only have two or ten, rather, for the year. But, you know, they don't play – Jameis Winston every week. If they did, maybe they'd have 30. I, I think that he gets it. I, th I He's going to try his damnedest not to, and I think he's going to think too much about it, which is going to cause him to make those mistakes. You know, you know that, it's just like when he tries too hard is when he puts himself in that mode. And I think he should just get the two early and forget about it and then go out there and try to win the game. But I think he will get his two, and he'll be the first 30 and 30 guy. The closest who ever came before that to 30 and 30 was Lynn Dickey in 1983 with 32 and 29. Yeah, I do think he's going to get a two because I think he's going to continue to push the envelope and try to win the game against the Falcons team, too. That's going to force him to push the ball down the field and throw it. So I think if you made me bet money, I would bet he ends up with the 30 interceptions as well. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to your team playing for nothing. Stop! Um, your team playing for nothing because Kurt you know, Cousins you know what? couldn't deliver you know what? in prime time. Uh, uh, let me say something. Yeah. 
I'm very glad I didn't die when I fell down the steps the other day. But yeah. the one benefit to dying would have been I'd never have to listen to this your team shit yeah. ever again. Yeah, well, your team laid an egg on Monday Night Football because, oh, thy Aaron Rodgers came into town on Christmas Eve's Eve. No. Oh, oh, Aaron Jones, <laughs> when Aaron Rodgers isn't playing well, you have 156 rushing yards and two touchdowns and yep. save the day. Save the day. All right, Bears at Vikings. Vikings favored by one, over under 36 and a half. Uh, your team has nothing to play for. Eric Kendricks, I would expect, is out, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, he's out for sure. Yes. Here's the real question. Here's yeah. the real question. Yeah. And we talked about this philosophy during PFT Live today. What do you do when you're playing for nothing in week 17? And I keep coming back to what would Bill Belichick do? And I think Bill Belichick, after the way the Vikings played Monday night, the punishment would be you bastards are playing on Sunday, and I want to see some better effort going into the playoffs. You can't rest on that as your final game for your starters. That 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 game they played, that horrendous no-show with 139 total yards of offense, and I would put them on the field, and if they get hurt, oh well. If you would have played better last Monday night, you wouldn't have gotten injured. And I think that's what Zimmer should do. He should play to win. He should play to get this offense ready. And if they don't show some improvement offensively, they're going to be screwed in the wild card round when they end up in New Orleans or Seattle or I guess Green Bay is still a possibility. But uh, they, they need to get their stuff right, and this is an opportunity to do it. So I think they will, and I think they'll beat the Bears by a slim margin, 24 to 21. Again, I don't know what the motivation for the Bears is going to be. They're playing for nothing. But, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to, I guess, set the tone for next year. I don't know. I don't, I'm less interested in setting the tone if I'm a player than I am in avoiding some sort of an injury that's going to screw up the next three months that I have to myself. And uh, that, that's got to be a very real temptation for a team that has nothing left. You have, but to a man, why, it's like the Pro Bowl. I'm healthy enough to play one more game. Why am I playing one more game? It means nothing. No, I, I, you're right. That's what players are going to have to battle for. I mean, battle with as far as in their brain, but it, it doesn't matter. When the whistle blows and you go out and play football, they're, they're still, you know, that's going to take over. Uh, it will. The, and the Bears being, you know, a chance to go eight and eight, I do think, again, that means something to a football team to end off on a positive note. It'll mean something to Matt and Nagy that way. I, I guess – I feel like this with, I don't know what to think what the Vikings will do here. I really don't, you know, uh, I almost want to tell them just to chalk it up and start getting ready for the wild card game. There's nothing to be had there. You're banged up at the running back position. Your offensive line struggled last week. Adam Thielen's banged up and obviously not a hundred percent. I would be more worried about my team going out there again this week and me trying to go as a coach, like, Hey, I want us to put forth a better effort and then we don't put forth a better effort again. And now you go into the playoffs with like a, uh, I'd almost want to just wipe the, the, the slate clean. Start getting ready for playoff football this week. If you want to play the starters a little early on just to get them out there and go through the motions a little bit, sure. But I would not like be bet, beating my head into the ground in the third quarter about, ooh, I, I want to beat the Bears here. So to me, it's about getting ready for the wild card game. I think the Vikings will throw in the white towel fairly early in this one. Let their team heal up, get ready for the wild card round. Most likely will, I think will be the Saints because I think the 49ers are going to beat the Seahawks, all right? And I think the Packers are going to beat the Lions. So that's where I'm going Whoa. with that. Yeah. If the 49ers beat the Seahawks and the Packers beat the Lions – I think the oh that's right the Seahawks would be the five seed. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I I'm going with the Bears to win this one. Just in the fact of they're going to try to end the year off. 
on a good positive note, and the Vikings, it means nothing to them. And ultimately, I don't think they'll be emotionally invested in the game. I don't think Zimmer will keep the starters out there long. And I think the Bears win 20-17. to 17. Did you pick the Falcons or the Buccaneers? I, fi- I picked the Falcons. All right. So this is the first one we disagree. This is our first. I was close to picking the Bucks, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't trust them all the way there. So yep, I'm going Bears here, and that's that. Anything else you want to say about this before we move on? I, I just I, I think that the Vikings are screwed either way in the wild card round, wherever they play, whoever they play, Week 17. They're, they're just, that team I saw Monday night has no business sniffing the playoffs, and the Rams need to be kicking themselves in their ass bones repeatedly for blowing their shot to beat the 49ers because the Rams would be in the playoffs because the Vikings would blow it against the Bears on Sunday. The Rams would beat the Cardinals and the Rams would have been in. Yeah, if they well, had deal with it. Your the team's in the playoffs, so get over it. Well, Your team's in the playoffs. Instead of going it's, negative, it's root better. for them and maybe you'll get a different result I'm, finally. I'm being, I am an objective analyst. It's better to not be in the playoffs at all than to get the shit kicked out of you in the wild card oh, round. That's which is what bull- is going to happen? That's bullshit. All right. So who would you rather play in the and who do you want in the wild card round? If you could I, somehow I, think about if your team can win a game, who would you rather your team play? Seattle. Seattle. Go back there. Unfinished business. Yeah. Yes. And so, Seattle, as we as we've discussed and we'll be discussing coming up, they've had the horseshoe up their ass all year. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of fallen out recently. I think Seattle is the weakest of the options for the, uh, the the Vikings to play or anyone to play in the postseason. But that requires the Seahawks to find a way to reinsert the horseshoe in their ass and beat the 49ers, <laughs> yes. which neither of us think is going to happen, not to tip our final pick of the week, but yep. neither of us think that the Seahawks are going to pull that off. Yep, and um, yep, you're right. So, all right, enough of horseshoes and asses. I don't think you could stick a horseshoe up your ass right now. I bet you it's kind of swollen. Feels like there's one there already. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Saints-Panthers. Saints still got still got first round by on the line. They're favored by 13. They're in Carolina over under at 46 and a half. Mike, do they cover the spread? I think they will. Although I got to wonder what kind of calls the Saints are going to get this weekend from the officials. Now that the Saints have brought in Antonio Brown for a workout and I'm being facetious to an extent. But, but we know how the tinfoil hat crowd operates. If the Saints do get some bad calls on Sunday, there will be Saints fans who attribute it to the Saints sticking their finger in the eye of the league and flirting with Antonio Brown. I don't think any of that matters. I don't think any of that's real. But I do think the Saints, with every motivation to be the Panthers team, that is not trying to win. No, it David doesn't Tepper, seem like it. exercising the billionaire's privilege to say, let's go with Will Greer, who's third string for a reason. They're going to finish 5-11. and 11. They're going to get better draft positioning, and the Saints are going to get the win to fill out their portion of what they need to do to emerge with a bye week and possibly the number one seed. So tell me the freaking score. 31 to 13. 31-13. Okay. I'm going 34-17. I'm with you there. The Panthers are checked out. The head coach is fired. You're right. It's third string quarterback. The only thing they're going to be worried about this week is getting Christian McCaffrey 67 yards so he can become a thousand and thousand guy. Uh the the New Orleans Saints will be on a mission. Of course, there's a chance they could still get that first round by. And I mean, come on. I think, you know, Drew Brees and company have been pretty hot as of late, too. And I just have a hard time seeing the Panthers staying uh, competitive in this one. Maybe a little bit early, but I'm going 34-17 Saints. And ultimately, the Saints will be in the playoffs. And I don't care if they get a first-round bye or a wild card. They're still going to be one of the best teams, if not the best team, in the NFC playoffs. I look at them. I don't know how you feel like 
the Saints, I, yeah, okay, if they have to play in the wild card game, a home game, I still look at it and go, oh, the Saints are very capable of being able to go on the road two weeks in a row and winning a game. I guess the one I worry about them a little bit is that they had to go up to Green Bay and play Green Bay up there in the divisional round, and all of a sudden it's like eight degrees, and we know that the Saints, a dome team in the cold air, Drew Brees, all the stigma around that, that would be something I worry about. But either way, I have tremendous faith in the Saints. But, but the thing about how this potentially plays yeah. out, the Saints end up 13-3 and three and quite possibly don't get a bye at all. Insane. And, and the yeah. season all comes down to if the Packers beat the Lions, if the 49ers beat the Seahawks, and the Panthers lose to the Saints, it comes down to that freaking fourth and two play, right? That one moment right. that is the difference between one seed and three seed. We've been focused on difference between one seed and five seed, which is going to come down to Sunday night. But that epic 48 to 46 Saints 49ers game, that determined the one seed if if the 49ers end up winning this thing on Sunday night. And it all came down to stopping them on fourth and two. They didn't, and that changes everything. And now the Saints are going to have to do it the hard way in the final two rounds of the NFC playoffs. It's amazing to be 13 and three. That's the same record that they had in 2009 when they were yeah, the one seed. Right. To be not even a bye team with 13 and three. It just shows you how top heavy the NFC is this year. Yeah, it is. It's it's amazing. It really is. Uh, and that's why we're excited for the NFC playoffs. All right, you ready for the next one? Go Packers Lions here. Packers at the Lions. Packers favored by 12 and a half. It's Rodgers versus David Blau. Okay, the over under is at 43. Mike, do you think the Packers absolutely just run rough shot, rough shop, rough, whatever the fuck you call it, all over the Detroit? Lions, what do you think happens here? Yeah, look, I, I, it's, it's David Blau. It's not Matthew Stafford. I mean, at at Detroit, I would have worried about Green Bay if Matthew Stafford was still playing quarterback. I'm not worried about Green Bay losing to the Lions with David Blau at quarterback and with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn both already secure and safe to come back next year. I think this is a game the Packers should win easily. And I am scrolling here to find my score for the game. And uh, here it is, 24 to 10, the Packers over the Lions. And and the Packers could end up with the number one seed. It's, am it's amazing to go into this weekend. You got three different teams, right, that could end up with a one seed. Uh, actually, four teams that could end up with a one seed. The Seahawks are still away. They end up with a one seed. It's amazing how it all could play out. It, it is. Uh, and, and listen, you know, again, you know me. And I'm picking the Packers to win this game, 27-13. I am. You know what my issue has been with the Packers. You've heard me say over the last half of the year, the defense, the interior D-line, all of those things, that was worrisome to me. The way they've played the last few weeks and what we saw on Monday night, listen, if they can play like that, it, it makes me think differently about the Green Bay Packer team. Because I worried about them from, oh, if they can't stop the run, you know, they're just not explosive enough as on offense. This isn't years past where Aaron Rodgers can just go out and score 30 a game and throw four touchdowns and no interception. They're not the same. You know, it's about the running game and Aaron Jones. And I, I still don't even think that's like the most one of the most dominant forces there is. They're not overly explosive on offense. They take care of the football. They're very New Englandy. The Green Bay Packers. They don't let you score touchdowns, yet they score touchdowns. Look at their statistics. I mean, points allowed, they're up there in football. Their red zone efficiency, up there in football. So they're really playing that complete style of football, complementary football, where the offense and defense match each other. Plus, their defense is game plan specific. So if they can stop the run, 
I do look at them and go, ooh, they could be a pain in the butt in the NFC playoffs. They definitely could. They've kind of changed how I thought about them a little bit over the last two weeks. They really have, especially the way the defense played. But I'd say watch out for them. I'm going 27-13. I think they kind of win this game quietly, dominantly, uh, and it's really never, never, never a scare from the Detroit Lions. Um, all right, good. You ready for the next one? Let's go. Jets at Bills. Uh, Bills favored. No, I'm not ready for it. Let's keep moving. <laughs> yeah, well, let's make it quick. Jets at Bills. Bills favored by one and a half, over under 36 and a half. Bills got nothing to play for here. They're locked in, means nothing to them. Jets, it's all about, hey, they can finish on a strong note. Again, another one of those teams, Adam Gay, Sam Darnold, can go into the offseason going, hey, you know, when we're healthy and we play, you know, pretty good, clean football, we can be a son of a bitch towards the end of the year. And that's what they were. I, uh, I think that the Jets will be highly motivated to win this game, far more motivated than the Bills will be. The Bills are not going to play Josh Allen the entire game. I don't know how much he's going to play, but they're, they're, look, they're not going to improve their playoff positioning. This is their way to rest and kind of regroup and get ready for a game at Houston, a game at Kansas City. They have nothing to play for, as you said. The Jets are playing for pride after that horrible start to the season. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, I, I've learned the hard way. Before I start picking my teams to make the playoffs, I'm going to look at their schedule to see if, Early if in the uh, year. they have, yeah, yeah, because they they fell into a hole that yeah. they had a hell of a time climbing out of. But right. you know what? They they're just they're back to potentially being seven and nine. I know. And for all the talk about Adam Gase's job security, and you've got people in the New York media that that are always looking for ways to criticize him. He's turned his team around, and this team is finishing on a high note. And they have a lot of things to be excited about going in to 2020. And I think they desperately want to win this game to finish seven and nine for them. More so than the Browns. For them, seven and nine versus six and ten is a huge, huge difference because it means six and two down the stretch. Yeah. Instead of uh, what we saw at the beginning of the season. Yeah, right. What you said. It was the toughest start of the season to any team in football. It was a brutal schedule. It was really the reason I only I didn't pick them to make the playoffs before the year. It was that alone. And think about it this way: they got a chance to be seven and nine, and have lost to the Bengals and the Dolphins. And the last half of the year, that's what's crazy. It really is. Those are two teams that I think we would both sit here and go, oh, they're better than those two teams. Uh, but either way, it does say something about Adam Gase and company, the way they've stayed the course. And I'm going with the Jets to win this one by a field goal. I'm going to say 20 to 17. I don't think it'll be easy. You know, yeah, I don't expect McDermott and the Bills to have all their starters out there, but I don't think there'll be a ton on the bench either. It'll be a kind of a mix, miss and match of, of guys out there, uh, but never easy to go up in Buffalo, even though the Jets are playing for, yeah, I think a little more than, than what the Bills are. The Bills should be preparing for the playoff game. They should be deep diving into the Houston Texans as of right now with plan B being, okay, maybe somehow we end up in Kansas City as the alternate plan. But that's what I think a smart team like the Bills would be doing, and uh, I'm going to pick the Jets to win an upset and end their season on a positive note. Just think about this. You take away week one when they were up 16 nothing to the Bills and blew it. You take away that loss to the Dolphins you mentioned. You flip it. It doesn't – it just shows you – how narrow that margin can be between a playoff team and a non-playoff team. And you get a couple of those games bent your way early in the year, and all of a sudden, there you are. That's why I say in September, those win those ugly wins are money in the bank. It's one of the reasons why the Packers are on the brink of being 13-3. and three. They won games early on when their offense was crap, 
and it's money in the bank. It's money in the bank. And, and then you get to week 16, 17, all those wins from September and October that feel like years ago. Those are the things that are making the difference. And for the Jets, a couple of those things flipped around and they'd be a team that we'd be talking about in that mix for the sixth seed with the Titans, the Steelers, and the Raiders entering week 17. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You're right. And I think there's big things ahead for the Jets as far as next year is concerned. They're not far off. Uh, a player or two on defense, another weapon on offense, and I think they'll be a, a force to be reckoned with in the AFC next year. All right, Char I got 16-10 Jets for that one. 16 Did I already 10? say that? 16-10. Okay, 16-10 yep. Jets for Florio. All right, Chargers. Did you pick the Jets? I don't I, listen to I you. I did. I picked 20 to 17. Thanks, co-host. Thanks, friend. Thanks right. a lot. Um, Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs favored by eight and a half, over under at 45 and a half. Chargers have given the Chiefs a tough time the last few years when they do play them. The Chiefs beat them at 24 to 17 in Mexico City earlier this year. Really outplayed Kansas City. That was Philip Rivers making some Philip Rivers type mistakes. Uh, go ahead, Mike. What do you think happens to the Chargers Chiefs? Yeah, I, look, the, the Chiefs uh, are trying to hold the three seed and they're trying to climb to the two seed. But the Patriots would have to lose to the Dolphins. And really, we haven't gotten to that game yet, but really. But, but here's the key. Avoiding the Buffalo Bills. That's all the incentive that Andy Reid and company need. You don't want Buffalo rolling into town in the wild card round if you slide to the four seed. So they've got every reason to hold serve at home, beat the Chargers, get the sixth seed, which could be the Titans or, I, you know, I don't know. Between the Bills and the Titans, I still don't want the Bills. Titans, Steelers, or Raiders are the three teams that you may see in the wild card round if you're the three seed. So I think the Chiefs able to take care of business. The Chargers have been falling apart. There could be some major changes coming there when the season ends. And I like in this game, if I can find it, the Chiefs 27, the Chargers 17. Yeah, uh, you know, th yeah, this is one of those where, yeah, the Chiefs don't have anything ultimately big to play for. I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, really, what what is the easier matchup for them? They've already lost to the Tennessee Titans. They're a little scary that way. I don't want the Bills. I don't I want hear the you. Bills. I hear you. I, I get you. Uh, I'm not so sure that actually the Chiefs don't match up better with the Bills than they do the Tennessee Titans, but that's for another conversation. But I think really ultimately, how can you trust the Chargers right now? with what they're doing. Who knows? They're all over the place lately. A dumpster fire. I mean, even last week, as good as their defense has been, their defense got dominated against the Raiders. So I don't trust them. Plus, I think this is one of these things where, yeah, the game doesn't mean a lot to the Chiefs other than let's keep it rolling. Things are positive. We're good right now. We're arguably, you know, us and the Ravens are the two best teams in football right now, the way they've played. They've won, what, six out of the last seven, something like that. You know, the defense is playing well. The offense has tinkered with some new formulas that way. I think they'll find a way to win this football game, you know, and I'm going to say 24-17. I know that was the score of the first uh, matchup. I didn't ex uh, mean to do this deliberately, but that's what I picked. Yeah, I think the Chargers hang around. They're annoying, but I do think ultimately the Chiefs win the football game. Chiefs defense playing well, and I like what I've seen from Patrick Mahomes and company on the offensive side of the ball. There's a little more diversity on that offense, and the Chiefs are one of those teams that, yeah, I'm saying it right now. I think it's Chiefs or Ravens in the Super Bowl right now. I'm saying that. You heard it here first, week 17. Oh, the Patriots are going to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. No. Nope. There it is. Nope. You've done it now. Nope. Nope, sir. But, uh, yeah, I see it played out like that, really. Uh, anything else you want to add to that game? No. But but I'll tell you what. I, I – 
The Patriots are sliding into that very dangerous mindset. You know, everything changes at the end of the regular season. Once you flip it over to single elimination, everything that happened week one to 17 doesn't matter. It's a different existence. It's a different mindset. It's a different approach. And no one handles it better than the Patriots. Do not sleep on the Patriots. You're falling into the trap, Chris. Well, no. I, I Listen, I, I'm, no, I'm not trying to fall into the trap. I understand how dangerous You're not trying are. to, but you are. I wasn't trying to fall down the steps, and I did anyway. Well, yeah, I'm just going by what I've seen lately. And they haven't played as well as the Ravens or the Chiefs. That's all I'm saying. But I totally right. hear you. The Patriots playoff football with a week off is scary because – Nobody is better at game plan specific game planning than the New England Patriots. And that leads us into our last pick. Dolphins at Patriots. Brian Flores going home. Can he upset New England's one or two or number two seed? Uh, first round by. I doubt it. Patriots favored by 16 over under at 45. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, yeah, look, I, Brian Flores has inside information on the Patriots. He was there for a long time. Sometimes that helps. Sometimes it doesn't matter. When you don't have the players, it doesn't matter. When you're going to Foxborough in late December, it doesn't matter. If this game was in Miami, a lot more intriguing, given the history of the Patriots struggling in Miami, which is the destination they're trying to earn a trip to in the Super Bowl this year. I think with the Patriots understanding the significance of getting that week off, yeah, they're not going to get the one seed, but they can still get the two seed. They've had the bye every year since 2009. 2009, the last year they had to play wild card weekend. They are not going to fall into this trap and lose to the Dolphins. The stakes are high. The, the Patriots are going to be ready to go. I think the Patriots win this game, and they should win it fairly easily just because they are the far better team. And the score that I have here, if I can find it, here it is. I got 24-13. So I think I'm giving the Dolphins the cover here. Yeah, you are. But I'm giving the Patriots the win. Yeah, uh, well, I, I hear that. I mean, the Dolphins have shown us that they're not going to just give up. It doesn't matter about that. Brian Flores has those guys playing physical on both sides of the football. So they are a team that truly is trying to build on something. And – you know, on the offensive side of the ball for Miami, I mean, hey, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's certainly not going to be gun-shy in this matchup. You know, we know that. And the, and the New England Patriots, with all the man-to-man -man they do play, will give you some opportunities and give Ryan Fitzpatrick some opportunities to throw some one-on-one -on -one balls up to Devontae Parker or somebody else that way. Um, but ultimately, yes. I mean, I just think the Patriots, you, you said it, there's a special defense. They're a better team. They're going to use this as a little bit of a, hey, here's another opportunity for our offensive line, our run game to get better, to you know, kind of polish ourselves for our divisional playoff game. I'm going Patriots 27-17. Yeah, I don't have them covering either, uh, but I got them clearly winning the football game. Um, all right, you ready the 4 p.m. games? Let's do it. Yes. 4 p.m., Cardinals at Rams. No Ram read. No read. Nope, sorry. Go ahead. No read. No I'm read. saying there is no read. Okay, no good. read. Here we go. Cardinals at Rams. Rams favored by three and a half, over under 45 and a half. This game means nothing. What do you think? Yeah, it's the last game ever at the Coliseum until the Rams somehow end up playing there again someday, which I, I really don't think is going to happen. Uh, you know, the Cardinals are playing for pride and they're trying to lay the foundation for next year and they've won two in a row after losing six in a row. I really don't know what the motivation of the Rams is, but but consider this. Changes are coming to that organization after the season. And I think Sean McVay has been, being, been paying very careful attention to who's with him and who's not. And he's going to want to finish with a win. He's going to want to see everybody put their best foot forward. 
And I think that what we see uh, from the Rams on Sunday and what McVay sees is going to help shape the decisions that he makes for 2020. And, and I think that that gives the Rams enough of a kick. They're good enough to beat the Cardinals between finishing things out in the Coliseum, between impressing Sean McVay and keeping a job in 2020. I think those are factors that will push the Rams over the top. Yeah. 27, 20. Yeah. Um, the Rams are more professional, more mature. They haven't given up. They played good football last week. I do think they'll want to end off on a good note as well. Uh, they, they, they've really shown nothing in the Sean McVay era as far as quitting or doing anything like that. And there I look at Arizona and, hey, there's things I like. Of course, they're on. They're going in the right direction too. But they got really one of their marquee wins of the season last week in Seattle. Kyler Murray dealing with a little hamstring issue, all of that. I, and just the way the Rams beat up the Cardinals a few weeks ago in Arizona, I just think it's a tough matchup for Arizona. I think they hang around and make things interesting here, but I'm going Rams 27-20 to get the win the end of the year and uh, ultimately be 9-7 and when all said and done. But uh, I still just think they're a hair too talented and a hair too mature and professional to let the Cardinals come in and beat them here in their last game in the Coliseum. I go Rams. All right, Colts, Jaguars. Colts favored by three and a half at the Jaguars over under 43. Jaguars, Doug Marone fighting for his life. Does he keep his job? I say no. I think he and uh, Caldwell will be fired after. I know you think differently. Um, this game means absolutely nothing. I'm picking the Colts to win, Mike, just so you know, 21 to 17. I can't get behind the Jaguars. Uh, another one of those teams lately, it's just, it's too inconsistent on both sides of the ball. It doesn't matter where it is. I mean, other than the last two drives of the game against the Raiders, the offense has been horrible and, uh, the de defense has been disappointing too. Uh, and that's why I'm going to go with the Colts 21, 17. But remember, this game has real significance for the Oakland Raiders. Not that the Colts or the Jaguars care, but it's one of the dominoes yeah. that needs to fall to give the Raiders a shot. And it's not all that crazy for the Raiders to make it. If the Titans lose, if the Steelers lose, if the Colts lose, if the Raiders win, and if the Patriots win, the Raiders are in. Unbelievable. And the Patriots' victory has something to do with strength of victory. It has nothing to do with the actual tiebreakers directly. But it's amazing. It's amazing uh, to think that the Raiders have a shot here. And it hinges on the Colts winning. And I think the Colts will win. Look, the, the Tom Coughlin firing didn't do anything to give the Jaguars a boost. I'm still skeptical about Marone and Caldwell being on the short list to be fired. I think they already would have been gone if that was the case. And I think if you want to try to get the most out of Gardner Minshew as a potential franchise quarterback, you need to give him a chance with the guy who picked him and with the guy who groomed him. You bring in a new coach, new GM, all of a sudden Gardner Minshew may end up being a guy that gets forgotten. I think the organization is rooting for Minshew to become the franchise quarterback because they know they can make a lot of money off of Minshew mania. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I don't know if I'm sold that he's the guy as of right now. And, you know, Jacksonville loses this game this week. I mean, they're going to be draft, you know, picking somewhere in the top eight picks of the draft, most likely. So they'll be back into franchise quarterback mode if they want to do that. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. They have a dilemma as far as, hey, they're tied to Nick Foles. He's going to be there next year as a $20 million something backup to whoever it may be, most likely. And, yeah, Gardner Minshew certainly 
deserves to be in the conversation with the starter as it pertains to Nick Foles. But I also think we're going to look at some of Gardner Minshew and reevaluate, and especially think whoever wants to become the head coach there. And Jackson is going to look at some of his play towards the end of the year too and go, well, I don't know really if I want to deal with that either. Maybe I knew, do, do need to look at, you know, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, you know, the Easton kid at Washington as far as top 10 picks at the quarterback position in the draft. I, I think those are still a very real possibility, at least in my mind, for the Jaguars. Interested to see where that goes, but I'm picking the Colts like you, 21-17. And anything else you want to say there before we move on? I got, I got 27-16 Colts. And let me just say this about Nick Foles. If you are not committed to making him the starting quarterback, then you just got to bite the bullet and get rid of him. You think you, so? To, to take take the take the hit, pay the cash, guaranteed money, whatever. You just got to get rid of him. Yeah, if you got to do a Brock Osweiler hot potato trade to get him off your books, do it. If you're done with him, don't keep him around. If you're not done with him, then obviously keep him around. Yep. Um, all right, here we go. Raiders, Broncos. All right, Broncos favored by three and a half, over under at forty one. Um, are you? Sur- I was surprised to see the Broncos were favored in this, especially since the Raiders still have a chance to get in the playoffs. Broncos are still a very good team, and they've been better this year than the record would suggest. This is going to be a tough game for the Raiders. Their last game ever, quite possibly, as the Oakland Raiders. I mean, they've already blown their last home game as the Oakland Raiders. They still have this game as their last game as the Oakland Raiders, unless they can become a playoff team, which requires them to win. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I like the Raiders in this one, 20 to 17. I just think that 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 memory of blowing their last home game as the Raiders is going to maybe be that little bump necessary. And with the Broncos, again, I don't know what the motivation is. Week 17, a little business decision, you know, a little protect yourself, a little uh, maybe don't go all out. And uh, and the Oakland Raiders in their last game ever as the Oakland Raiders get the win. And they can at least say we won our last game ever as the Oakland Raiders, even if we lost our last game ever in Oakland. Well, I'm going the opposite there. I'm going with the Denver Broncos. I am. I First off, I mean, they're young. They're trying to build something. I don't think Drew Locke or Philip Lindsay or Cortland Sutton or Noah's fan or any of them even know, you know, they're, they, they don't know what, you know, oh, okay, this game doesn't count. They don't care. They're young. They're dumb. You know, they're just going to go out and play hard. I mean, they're dumb respectfully, too. I understand. I'm just saying they're young. And uh, I look at that, plus, you know, the defense of Vic Fangio, uh, I think it's going to give the Raiders problems. I do. I mean, I, I just, again, the Raiders' offense, not real explosive. We know their offense really relies on their ability to run the football. And I'm not sitting here willing to say they're going to go into Denver and run on Vic Fangio's defense that way. And their offense hasn't played great lately. So I'm going to go with the team that's got a little bit of a positive vibe. And not to say the Raiders don't want to end on a good note too, but I feel like, I mean, just from some of the comments I heard earlier this week with the Raiders, there's almost a part of me that's like, they feel like they don't expect to get in the playoffs and not necessarily care about it all that way I mean they said they were going to what do everything they needed to do for their roster and their team going forward and it wasn't all about making the playoffs so I don't know where their mind is in that whole conversation but either way I'm going to take the Broncos to win that football game at home I'm going oh I got a 23-20 but I'm going to change that I'm going to make it 24-20 so the Broncos cover the spread 24-20 Broncos all right you ready do we disagree on now is that three are we up to three? 
think we are. Anybody keeping track? Two. Two. Just just two? Just two. Okay. All right. Yep, I got the Bears, you got the Vikings, and uh, I got the uh, Broncos, you got the Raiders. All right, Steelers-Ravens. Steelers fighting for a spot. Steelers favored by one and a half at the Ravens. Ravens, as we know, not going to be playing everybody. They're already getting ready for the divisional playoff game. Over under at 45 and a half. Uh, nope, 37. Excuse me. I'm reading the wrong one. Steelers favored by one and a half. Over under at 37. Mike, will the Steelers win despite the Ravens sitting a number of starters? Yes, I think they will win because the Ravens are sitting a number of starters. Not despite, but because of it. I've seen enough of RG3 this year to know that he is not good enough to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I think the Steelers aren't capable of scoring a ton of points, but they're capable of scoring enough points to overcome a Ravens team that isn't going to be going all out and all in. And apart from the key starters that aren't playing, I think they're going to be careful with the starters who do play. And we may see the Ravens empty the bench in the second half. They don't care if the Steelers win this game. They don't care if the Steelers get in the playoffs. I think they believe that that where they are right now, first of all, they don't believe that the Titans are going to lose. So the Steelers don't get in either way, win or lose. But I also think the Ravens are confident that if they put their best guys out on the field, they'll kick the crap out of the Steelers. So they're not worried about not trying. Yeah, I I think you're exactly right. I think the Ravens are very comfortable with, oh, we're the best team in football and we're going to get our rest. And if we got to play you on divisional weekend, then we'll be full fresh and Lamar Jackson will have four rockets up his butt and you guys will be screwed. And I think that was the right play because I do think it's scary for a team like the Ravens to play an unmotivated, nothing to gain type game against the Steelers and have your starters in there. And then your starters are unmotivated. Your coaching staff's unmotivated. You kind of lay an egg. And even if you barely beat the Steelers or somehow lost to the Steelers who were playing for everything, you know, it's going to give the Steelers confidence. If they do play each other in the playoffs, the Ravens will start to doubt themselves. Again, are we better than this team? We, you know, barely beat them in Pittsburgh and played a close with them, close game with them at home. So I think that ends this doubt and they can just be like, we're better and we'll be back if we see in the playoffs and we'll steamroll you then. I'm going to pick the Steelers to win this game. I wanted, to, you know, I, I know you're a little down on RG3. You know, I, I have no problem. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay, I'm not okay. a little down on okay. him. I'm a lot down well, on him. Well, why? I mean, he's coming in a mop-up duty time this year. Like, he hasn't been given there's anything. Just, there's just there's a fundamental difference. And, and it, look, it's you could put any quarterback out there on the field after Lamar Jackson, and we'd be like, oh, God, bring back Lamar Jackson. I just think there is a fundamental difference in everything about RG3 in comparison to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is on a level here, and RG3 is down here. The way he moves, there's no explosion. There's, there's just... All of the things that Lamar Jackson well, sure, is, yeah. RG3 isn't. And it just it does, it's not, it does not fare well in comparison. And I think that, that uh, we're going to be reminded why RG3 was out of football for a full year before he landed in Baltimore as the backup to Lamar Jackson. I, I just, I, I, uh, I mark my words. I, I just, he's a shell of the guy that he was back in 2000. All right, I'm going to mark your words. I can promise you that. Mark my words. I'm going to mark them. Kiss but my yeah, ass I hear too. you. They're nothing like, he, nothing like Lamar Jackson. Ass. Lamar is, Lamar is special. Uh, I hear you. I, what I'm more worried about with RG3's performance is, 
is Mark Andrews out of there at the end of the first quarter? Is Hayden Hurst out of there, you know, at the second quarter? Is Boyle, Nick Boyle out of there in the second quarter? Is Hollywood Brown even playing the football game? You know, those are the things I look at to where I'm going to pick the Steelers to win a tough, ugly, close defensive game because I think the Ravens will have, like you have said already, a lot of their big players out of the football game altogether or very early, and that's why I'm going to go Steelers 17-14. Here's the thing. If you're going to put more than a handful of your key starters in bubble wrap, how can you expect the other starters to go out there and bust their asses and put it on the line? You're telling them this game doesn't matter. Yeah, you're no, telling them this is a preseason game, sure. so you can't keep them out there for the whole game. No, you're right. They probably won't. You're right. It's, it's, it is. It's a very delicate balance there, but you know, there's only so many guys you got on the team, so some of those starters are going to have to play, and they'll be unhappy that they're playing, and they'll have to play hard just so they can stay healthy, but you're right. Uh, it's hard to be emotionally invested in that type of situation when your buddy's on the sideline with a Gatorade towel around his neck, drinking water and chewing gum. And you're over there going, damn, I got a, I got a down block on Cameron Hayward again. I'm sick of this guy. Or I, you know, that that's, that's brutal. So, all right, let's go to the next one. Titans at Texans, Texans. Uh, don't think they're playing anybody. Titans favored by three and a half on the road over under at 45 and a half. Mike, go ahead. Well, look, the Texans may still have the opportunity to pick up a spot in the playoff tree from four to three if the Chiefs lose. They'll know, though, before kickoff, or they should know, unless the Chiefs end up in overtime and it extends well beyond 425 p.m. Bill O'Brien has said he's playing his starters. That's the mindset they've had all week because they have to assume there is a chance to move from four to three. And if you move from four to three, you avoid the Bills and you also put yourself in position where if things go haywire in the divisional round, if the four seed or the five seed beat the one seed somehow, you're hosting the AFC championship game if you end up beating the two seed. And we've seen that with the Colts in 2006. And I think that's all the reason for the Texans to be ready to go for the win. But I think the reality is by the time they kick off, they'll know that they're stuck at number four, which opens the door for the Titans to win the game. And even though the Titans haven't won in Houston since 2011, this is a unique circumstance. Titans are a good team. Titans are playing for the playoff berth. I think by the time the game starts, the Texans won't be playing for anything. And that, to me, adds up to the Tennessee Titans getting the victory, taking that number six seed, 24-14 to 14 over the Texans. And then the Titans are going to be a very dangerous team for the Kansas City Chiefs to face in the wild card round. Uh, and, and we saw the Tennessee Titans win in Kansas City a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. And when we saw the Tennessee Titans beat the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this year in Tennessee. Um, yeah, you know, again, I know Billy O'Brien made some of those comments. Uh, I also saw Deshaun Watson say he wasn't sure if he was playing or not at this point either. So, I mean, I just don't know where their heart is in Houston. And Houston would be another one of those teams where – man, an injury to one or two guys can just change their team. They're just not that deep. They're not that overly talented. You know, hopefully Will, Will Fuller, he'll be out of the lineup this week. You know, Deshaun Watson, of course, they, they can't afford to have him banged up in this one. If I'm the well, Fuller's out for Fuller's out for at least the next next two, two games. for sure. Yes, yeah, I wasn't sure. Least. I couldn't remember. Yeah. So maybe he's back for the the divisional game. Um, so if I'm the Houston Texans, they're one of those teams I look at and I just go just rest it up and get ready for the, the wild card game. Uh, what, 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 you know, I, I understand. Yeah. Maybe they can luck into somehow playing the conference championship game at home. I get that, 
But I think one thing at a time right now, and I think they'd be best served to just get ready for that wild card matchup, be totally 100% ready for that, cheat in the game planning that way. And, of course, yes, the Titans playing for a playoff spot. I'm going to go Titans 24-13. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill has been playing great. It looks like Derrick Henry's back in the fold again this week, right? Uh, I expect them to win this football game and be motivated to do so. Yeah, Derrick Henry's good to go, and if they regarded last week's game as something that would have made a difference in the playoff chase, they would have played him. Uh, he's ready to go. The Titans are ready to go, and I agree with you. The Titans are going to win. Did All you right. pick the Titans? I did. I'm with. I'm going 24-13 Titans. I think, like, ultimately – the Texans are not going to be emotionally invested. I think the Patriots, and they will see that the Chiefs win that football game. And I wouldn't be shocked if it's Deshaun Watson for the first two drives of the game and he comes out and that's all we get. That's all we get. Um, all right, here we go. Redskins, Cowboys. We got uh, NFC East title on the line here. Uh, Cowboys favored by 11 at home over under 45 and a half. Mike, I do think this is a little scary for the Cowboys. I do. I mean, the Cowboys play down to the level of their competition all the time. You know that. And the Redskins and Case Keenum and everything like that, the way they've been playing a little bit, they're a pain in the butt. Um, so go ahead, Mike. What do you think is going to go down here? Well, it's not with the NFC East title on the line because the Cowboys still need the Eagles to lose in right. a separate game that's going to be played at the same time to have a chance to win it. I think the Cowboys will take care of their business. We saw them early in the year mop up the floor with inferior teams. There's a lot riding on it. This is Jason Garrett's last home game, possibly last game ever as coach of the Cowboys if the Eagles do indeed win. I think the Cowboys will win the game. I've got it. Dallas 30, Washington 17. The Cowboys are the better team, but you know what? They're the better team almost every week. They just don't win. They don't win enough, and this is all on Jason Garrett. He only has himself to blame when he gets fired by the Cowboys, and this game will be a reminder of how good they could have been. That, that's the thing. The Cowboys are at the point now where every time they have a game like the one we saw against the Rams, it's a reminder of how it could have been. Today's game, or Sunday's game, it's a reminder of how it could have been, and they, they've failed to live up to their potential and it's all on the coaching staff and I just think it underscores the reality that Jason Garrett and other members of that staff are going to be gone when the season ends yeah um I fully expect them to win the game too I don't think it's going to be easy I, I think the Redskins will keep this game close the Redskins have been playing pretty good football you know first off Dak Prescott not throwing again this week I mean he didn't make me feel warm and cozy with the performance he had last week with not throwing prior to that game so that's a little scary Amari Cooper is obviously not himself. And the Redskins defense, you know, yeah, it got torn up last week. They messed up some assignments and let some people open. Uh, I, I, I do know that. But uh, I've seen capabilities in weeks prior to that where, hey, they're a pain in the butt too. Uh, but I do think ultimately Dallas has too much talent. You know, Redskins, Case Keenum starting you know, I think that actually is probably a benefit to the Redskins a little bit, a little bit of an older guy, mature on the road in this kind of scenario. I think that could be a little bit of a pain in the butt for the Dallas Cowboys. And we know Bill Callahan can run the football a little bit. But ultimately, yeah, I think there's too much talent and too much riding uh, on the line for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go Cowboys 24-20. I think the Redskins will hang around and make this interesting because of what you said, the coaching. Dallas is just too simple. There's no other way to say it. Here's something for you, Mike. I mean, this is what I can't believe I'm saying. You know, there's Dallas again. You've heard me talk about it. Offense has been better this year, right? Definitely been better. 
Defense, they do the same two defenses. Drives me crazy. You know what they did last week in the Eagles game that drove me crazy? Not one motion, not one shift. All of a sudden, they went back to like, I don't know what the hell is going on there. So that bothered you know, me You know too. what it is? Yeah. You know what it is? It's Jason Garrett saying, if I'm going down, I'm going down my way. Maybe. You That's might what be, it is. You might be right. You might be right. But it went back to that, and it, it amounted to nine points on the road to an Eagles defense who gave up, what, 27 the week before to Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins? So they scare me, the Cowboys. I think they win the game, but not by a lot, 24-20. Um, and and it's, I, I, if, if I'm on to something here, yeah. it's a sign – of behind the scenes. And we saw how salty Jason Garrett can be in the all or nothing series. His, his vocabulary is even more colorful than yours when uh, he's away from the normal mechanisms that they use to communicate. I could see him in the meeting room with the coaches saying, why do we have to do all this shit with these, all these formations and we're confusing guys and guys are in motion. None of that shit matters. Let's just line up and play football. I hate all this stuff, right? Yeah. Right. That's why he did it in the first place. He doesn't like it. They forced him to do something he didn't want to do. So when his ass is on the line, he's going to do things the way he wants to do them, and, and now he's going to he's going to lose his job because of it. Yeah, no, I uh, they're in deep trouble there, definitely, and we'll be we'll see how deep of trouble they really are in as compared to this next game because this one dictates the Cowboys' life or Jason Garrett's professional life. Uh, Eagles. Leading the NFC East, if they win, they're in. They're favored by four and a half at the New York Giants. Over under at 45 and a half. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, look, um, as soon as the Eagles beat the Cowboys, we're in the studio for Sunday night football, football night in America. Tony Dungy says, watch the Giants turn around and beat the Eagles or words to that effect. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants win this game. Daniel Jones has played great in recent weeks. He's only the third quarterback in league history to, as a rookie, have three or more games with four or more touchdown passes, joining Fran Tarkenton from my Minnesota Vikings, as you would say, Chris, and Deshaun Watson from your Houston Texans. So uh, <laughs> impressive year for Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley's healthy again. He had a big performance in that overtime win over Washington. The Eagles are going to have their hands full. But something happened to the Eagles at halftime of that game on Monday night against the Giants a few weeks ago. They were down 17-3. to They tied it up. They won in overtime, beat Washington in that crazy Week 15 game. Uh, the, the win over Dallas, their most impressive of the season. And, and I think they're going to be able to do what they need to do to get past the Giants and win the division and send the Cowboys home. Uh, they've come too far in, 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 in a short period of time to stop now. I think the Eagles get it done 23 to 17. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be close, but I think the Eagles have enough to pull it off. Yeah. Um, the giants are dangerous. You're right. I mean, Saquon's as healthy as he's been all year. Daniel Jones, we saw what he could do last week. I mean, his connection with, you know, golden Tate and Darius Slayton, it's dangerous against the Eagles, you know, and, and the, the offense for the giants has a little bit of everything, which can make it tough on the Philadelphia Eagles that way. You know, hey, yeah, you could you could get down there and, and say, okay, we're going to stop Saquon, not let them run the ball. Yeah, good luck. I mean, Daniel Jones, if you play man-to-man and there's a spot to put the ball, he, he can hit the bullseye all day long. So that's where it's scary, let alone the Giants, you know, defensively can do some different things on that side of the ball too uh, as far as game plan purposes. But I think I go back to kind of what you said, Mike. The second half of that first meeting, I think the – 
Eagles figured out their formula and how they want to continue to move forward as an offense with the two tight ends, the two backs out of the backfield, playing it that way. Uh, and I think Carson Wentz ultimately will just be clutch. I do. I think this game will be very close. I'm picking Eagles 24-21, and I think it's going to come down to four minutes left in the game. Eagles got to go down to kick a game-winning field goal or score a touchdown to win the game. I think it'll be one of the two, and I think Carson Wentz will deliver for the fourth week in a row. Okay. You good? Nothing more to add I'm there? I'm good. Nothing more to add there. All fly, right. Eagles, fly. Let's go. Sunday night football extravaganza. And, 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 and let me just say one thing. Yeah. Let me just mark this moment. Please. This is, this is the moment where you have conceded to me the championship in our head-to-head -head competition because we only disagree on two. There's only one game left. I'm up by four. I've clinched, baby. I'm popping the champagne. I've clinched. So you haven't uh, clinched thank shit. you for that. The, the, the yeah, season ends on February 3rd, 2020. No, 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 it, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, my friend. The season ends at the end of the season. The postseason is a different competition altogether. It gives you an actual, actually a chance to win something. No, absolutely not. We're going through oh, the no. playoffs. That's been oh, the no, rules. Who the fuck? What no. are we, we got no consolation. It's you versus me. We're going throughout here, big boy. It's two okay. separate seasons. Well, it's the why? regular season. And that's how, that's how it is. This is how it All is. All right, fine. I'll win the postseason and then declare myself the right. champion because I've won the postseason. That's how you want right. to do that? Or do you want to just keep going and add it all up? Yeah. Actually, we could do both. No, we're going where this is not the way it is. We've already predetermined this without your influence at all, just so you know. What, what are you, without even my knowledge? No, even yeah, told we me. don't need you. You're going to make these the rules and not even here. tell me the fucking rules? Well, is yeah, this how it goes? This is, what, what, let me check. Whoop. See, when you're a thousand miles away, you don't get to be a part of these conversations. Sorry, we've already had them. First of all, it's only 500 miles. <laughs> all right, you ready? 49ers Seahawks. Second of all, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Second of all, go fuck yourself, L'Oreal. <laughs> all right, Sunday night football. We'll be here watching football all day and then getting ready for the game of the week. 49ers at Seahawks. 49ers favored by three and a half, Mike. Over under at 47. Both teams banged up. Seattle really banged up. And huge implications for this one as far as first round buys, third seed, fifth seed. It's all over the place. You can explain it all. Uh, but lead us off in this in this good one. And and the way that you set this up reminded me of something we've talked about in the past. And I am very encouraged to report that we had over 30 people in the house for Christmas Day. And not a single person asked me when I'm leaving for Seattle this weekend. Uh, because that happens to us all the time, right? It happens to you all the time. Hey, where are you going this weekend? Well, the same place I always go. Why would I go anywhere but the studio? Oh, you're not going to the game site? Well, we go to the game site like once a year. Yeah. You never watch the show. Oh, Thanks I watch it watching. every week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, right. Are you home? Are you, are you at home for, for, for uh, Sunday night? Yeah, they bring everybody to my house. We yeah. hang out and watch football in my barn all day long, and then we go do this show in my little TV studio above my garage. All five of us. Yeah, that's how we do it. Anyway, I was very, I was very encouraged, though. Nobody asked me if I'm going to Seattle. All right, good. It sounds like your family's getting smarter as the years go by. All right. Uh, I hope I'm getting smarter as the season goes by. The Seahawks have, I, I feel bad. You know, the Seahawks are one of my like teams I have a soft spot for. I, I, I feel like I've been on board with the, the uh, reloading, not rebuilding of the Seattle Seahawks since all the changes made after the 2017 season. But I'm sorry, Seahawks. I, I've got to get off the bandwagon right here. You, you lost to the Cardinals last week and you shouldn't have. The horseshoe has fallen out of your butt. 
The 49ers feel like they are destined to take this one seed. They have had that glow about them all year long. And I know that the 49ers are 1-9 over the last decade playing in Seattle, including playoff games. And I know that the only time they beat the Seahawks in Seattle over the past decade has been with Tavares Jackson at quarterback in 2011. That's fine. The 49ers are a much better team than what we've seen really at any point in the last decade. I think this 49ers team is even better than the team that got to the Super Bowl and almost beat the Ravens. Yeah. So they got to finish the job and get that one seed. And Kyle Shanahan knows the difference between one and five. They need the bye week. They have the extra day to get ready for the game because they played on on Saturday night. I like the 49ers in this one. Close game, exciting game, fun game, hopefully. A big rating that is maintained all the way through until the very end of the game. And who knows? Maybe they'll go back to overtime. But 49ers 27, Seahawks 24 is my pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, I look at this right now, and I'm concerned about the Seattle Seahawks. I definitely am. You know, no Dwayne Brown. Okay, now what do we got to do here? All right, so we're going to have to put, you know, George Fan in the left tackle and move some guys around. That can take away from the six offensive linemen sets that we talk about being so successful for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, the running back injuries. Yeah, I know Marshawn Lynch is there. I'm as excited as anybody to watch him play and Robert Turbin and get that. But still, they're not Chris Carson. You know, it's not Rashad Penny. So that's scary that way. You know, also, I look at it and just go, and this is something you've heard me say all year. You know, the Seahawks passing game, it, it's, it's not like the reinvention of the wheel when, it, when you look at what they do offensively, schematically in the past game. It's very simple. And a lot of it just relies on the talent of Russell Wilson and the talent of the receiver. Just like, hey, beat that guy going straight. And Russell, will, he'll hit you on the run. Yeah, that's good. I just don't know if that's good against the, you know, upper class of the NFL, which the 49ers are in. I also look at the first matchup and just go, I don't know if that's realistic for the 49- for the Seattle Seahawks to win that game the way they did the first time around. One, McGlinchey and Joe Staley, it was their first game back after a number of weeks off. Jadeveon Clowney, who was healthy at the time and not now, took over the game. The Seahawks didn't have a drive of over 47 yards in the football game. You know, so to all those things, I just look at it and go, man, I know the Seahawks won the first time around. I don't think it's realistic to think they can win that way a second time around. I don't, you know, hey, you know, interception that gets returned all the way back to the 16-yard line. Ball went right through Bjorn, 84's hand to the 49ers. Garoppolo threw a good pass, went through right both, both of their hands. I don't expect those things to happen. And I think the 49ers are the better football team. They're more balanced. They're healthier. And like you said, I just think they're primed this year to be that team. I think they go on the road into Seattle and win the football game. I'm going to go 30-21 to 21 San Francisco 49ers. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If they blow this. Yeah. And they end up the five seed. Oof. Regardless of what happens in the wild card. Right. right? Let's say, I mean, let's say Jimmy G doesn't get it done in Seattle. And and we can point after the fact to his play. Do you worry about him not being with the team in 2020? Or is he done enough, even if they end up the five seed and even if they potentially end up one and done in the postseason? Yeah, you're the second person to ask me this week. I think he's done enough this year to solidify himself back for next year, no matter what. I do. You know, it just the way they've played, the way he's continued to improve as the year has gone on, he's delivered in a lot of big moments. Again, we saw it last Saturday night, you know, two third and 16s. 
He's certainly, you know, not overwhelmed by the magnitude of any moment, whether that was on the road in New Orleans or even in the monsoon in Baltimore, where he gave them a chance to win that football game as well. Dominated the Green Bay Packers at home. I just think there's enough there to say, no, Jimmy Garoppolo is our guy going forward, and they should have some belief that he'll be even better next year as he just continues to grow within this offense. But, yeah, I think the 49ers are the better team when it comes to this matchup, and I think the Seahawks are in trouble in this one. Allow me to throw another ingredient into the stew, or as the case may be, a turd into the punch bowl. What if, what if Rick Spielman calls up John Lynch and says, can you conference in Kyle Shanahan? Let's have a conversation here. Uh, we've decided we don't want to keep Kirk Cousins. Uh, not that they would be that candid about it, but that would be the mindset. Yeah, right. Um, what does it take? What is it? You can have Kirk Cousins. And and look, maybe they can get Kirk Cousins if they play it right and not have to pay him the full $29.5 million. But you said all along, right, that they yeah. thought they were getting Kirk Cousins. Yeah. What the, the ship has come in. You can add Kirk Cousins to that defense, to that running game, to George Kittle, to all that stuff. You can swap out Garoppolo for Cousins, and it's going to cost you the same as what you would pay Garoppolo. We'll pay the difference. Whatever you were going to pay Garoppolo, you pay Cousins, and we'll pay the excess, and you get him. Would they do that? I don't think they would. Not at this point. No. And and, and also, and you know this plays into this, I, I don't – the public perception on that I don't think would be well-received. You know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty well-liked out there in that area. People believe in him in, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Kirk Cousins has a natural n- national perception of, you know, choking under the big lights, not being able to what play in Jim, prime time. What, but, but, but what if Jimmy G chokes under the big lights, under the bright lights Sunday night, and then loses the wild card round? Let's throw that extra twist in there, not just lose – Sunday to the Seahawks. Right. What if they go to Philly or Dallas and lose mm. and they're done? I don't. And I, they have a chance to get Kirk Cousins next year. I, I still don't. I don't think they would do it. I don't think they. I think the ship has sailed on that conversation. I do. I, I think Shanahan's has got to be comfortable with the guy he's got. And, you know, even again, if he lays an egg the next two weeks, it's been a lot of good this year. It really has. After a shaky start. You know, the last 10, 11 weeks have been pretty damn strong for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they got their guy at least for the next year or two. I would submit to you that Kirk Cousins has played better than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. I think he has. He's just had those moments that stand out because they happen in prime time. Sure. They happen in big spots, and and they led to all sorts I, of consternation after the fact. I, I, I'm not saying the Vikings are done with Kirk Cousins, but you know what? It could be that on wild card weekend, the Vikings get the crap kicked out of them in one of the NFC games. The 49ers lose the other NFC game, and both teams are thinking, we need to change quarterbacks next year. And you just, look, we've seen crazier things happen. I'm just throwing that out there for conversation. No, I, I think it's a good not conversation. Not because I secretly hope the Vikings get rid of Kirk Cousins and do whatever they have to do to make it happen. That's not the motivation for that at all. Well, I think I, well, I do. I mean, listen, I think you're right, though. Kirk Cousins played better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I do. I th- he has from the year. And I also, let's take this new account. I mean, nothing on Kirk Cousins' offense other than Dalvin Cook is better than what the 49ers have. Sorry, my broken ass is really starting. Yeah, to hurt. it's starting to get you. Start you got to start to yeah. adjust your positions. Yeah. But you know, yeah. you know, again, I, I hear this. You know, I watch the Vikings. Oh, the, all the weapons he has, like with Kirk Cousins. What? 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 Come, come on, all the weapons he has. Who? 
I mean, especially last week, there was no Dalvin Cook. There was only one weapon on the field. His name was Stephon Diggs. Now, all of a sudden, Kyle Rudolph has hit weapons category. I mean, why? Because he caught a one-handed four-yard touchdown pass and another one-handed three-yard touchdown. Like, that's to me, that's the piling on of Kirk Cousins I don't get sometimes. You know, I just that Adam Thielen's not 100%. The offense is as simple as can be. You and I he both says he know is. that. He says he is. He says it had nothing to do with his hamstring that he had no catches on Monday night. Yeah, well, I don't know. He, not from what I saw. He doesn't look like he's 100%. The explosion does not look the same. So, uh, again, I just think that people pile on Kirk Cousins at times, and the, re- the reality is the offense is not that great, and if they can't run the ball, they, you see, as last week, they don't have a drop-back pass offense, and that's not because of Kirk Cousins. It's because the two guys that coach the drop-back pass offense are not that creative and not that good, uh, but that's just my two cents. All right. No, I, I think here's the problem. If you can't block for Kirk Cousins, he's a sitting duck. He can't that's escape the d- pressure. That's very true. And then that's the problem. So you better be able to do all that stuff with the play action and the bootlegs. And when you don't have the running game, you can't do that. Right. So if the running game's not there, the passing game's not going to be there because the offensive line isn't good enough to give Kirk Cousins the time he needs to make his first read, second read. And a lot of these routes are probably two read because that's all they have. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. I think that's very true. All right. You ready for best bets? I'm ready for best bets. You want to go first or you want me to go first? I'm going to go first, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now, going into best bets, full disclosure, this week is so difficult to pick winners against the spread because I really don't know what the motivation is. I'm much more comfortable with the over-unders. All three of my best bets are over-under propositions. I'm not picking any games against the spread as a best bet. So I'm going to start with the Buccaneers and Falcons over. I don't feel all that strongly that the Falcons are going to win. I could see the Buccaneers winning, but what I feel in my bones, what I feel in my broken ass is over, easily over the, what is it? 48 points, 48. It should be 58. And even then I'd say there's a good chance it's going over. Although I picked, uh, I picked 27, 24. I still think it's going to be a very high scoring game. And uh, I think it easily goes over. I like Falcons bucks to have a lot of points. I, cause it's almost going to be like a pro bowl. Right, Some of these games are going to be like Pro Bowls where the defense isn't playing all that hard for either team. So the offense is going to be able to go out there. It's going to be seven on seven in some yeah. of these games. And this is one that I think is the prime candidate to be the closest thing to a seven on seven matchup. Not a bad one. And you picked a 27-24, right? All right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I hear you. I uh, the, the, I think there could be a lot of truth to the the over there in that Falcons-Bucks game. All right, my first one, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I'm going with somebody I know has something to play for and that I just don't believe will lay an egg because of the leadership and professionalism that goes across that football team out of the fact that the Panthers have nothing to play, have an interim coach and are playing a third string quarterback. To me, I just look at that and that just seems like a recipe for the Saints to jump out on them early, dominate the football game and see you later. They take care of business and set themselves up for if the 49ers lose that they could become, of course, a first round by team later that night, or even if the Packers were to lose, they could do that as well. But I'm going with the Saints. I think they covered that 13 points. I'm going 34-17 Saints. I wouldn't be shocked if it's really more like 34-10 or 34-13 when all said and done. Okay, best bet number two, Michael Florio, go. 
Now, forget everything I said about a lot of these games being seven on seven, because I think some of these games are going to be ridiculously low scoring because the offenses involved just aren't good enough to light it up to the extent that Vegas has set that over under marker. And I'm going to go for my next one, Jets and Bills under 36 and a half. I don't think the combined score of any Jets or any Bills game this year has been above 36 and a half. And I think the Jets win, but I think it stays low scoring. The Bills aren't scoring a lot of points. Their defense is still going to be sufficiently motivated to keep the Jets from coming in there and scoring a ton of points. I think it's going to be under 36 and a half. Wow. Okay. All right. That, that one, I, I think you're being gutsy there. I think, I don't know who knows who's going to be playing in that game for the Bills. I don't know. I hope you lose them all. I'm impartial because I hope you like lose you did last week. Yes, right. I hope you lose them all. Um, all right. I'm going with another team that I just know has something to play for and is going to come out and usually a team that comes out hot anyways. And especially when they're playing for a first round bye. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, they're favored by 12 and a half at Detroit. Okay. Defense is rolling. Run games rolling. Aaron Rodgers is going to keep their heads on straight to be motivated. Matt LaFleur's done a great job of that all year. Packers traditionally start out games fast. I think they jump out of the Lions very early and kind of put this away. I picked it as a 27-13 score, um, but I really want to go more than that. I kind of chickened out at that. But either way, I think the Packers are going to cover that 12.5-point spread and win this game easily. Aaron Rodgers versus David Blau. Lions chalking it up. Season's over. Lions defense not good enough. I just don't see how they slow down the Packers enough. I, I think the Packers win this one uh, running away. My concern in that one is a backdoor cover by the Lions. If the Packers know they have the game in hand and they're up 17. Yes, I know. Take their foot off right. the gas, pull the starters off the field, and the next thing you know, they're up 10. That's yep. my concern. That in is that a one. concern. There's no doubt about that. All right, go ahead. Last one. All right. Uh, to complete the trifecta of over-unders, I'm going under when the Steelers go to Baltimore because of Duck Hodges and RG3. I don't see either offense being able to do enough to allow both teams to score in excess of 37 points in the game. So I think that one's going to be under, like so many of these Ravens-Steelers games tend to be, although in recent years they've been higher scoring, this one is going to have a weirder vibe to it, and I don't see the Steelers having enough. I don't see the Ravens having enough offensively to combine to hit that number of 37. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm going to the Titans-Texans game. I'm going with the Titans to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. Again, I expect the Chiefs to win which will lock up them as the number three seed and then will then in turn lock up the Houston Texans to be the number four seed. They'll have nothing to play for. I'm not so sure they're that motivated to play in general. The Tennessee Titans have everything to play for and really have still played good football. I mean, hey, they lost to a really good football team last week in the New Orleans Saints and certainly had chances to win that football game in general. Not so sure the Titans aren't better than the Texans right now all to begin with. Uh, and I know that's saying a lot because Houston won two weeks ago. But either way, I just think because of this, the circumstances, I'm going to go with the Titans. 24-13, I think they cover the spread and do make it to the playoffs and end up going to Kansas City in that first round. Okay, you got it? Yeah, you done? I think that's it. I think we're done. All right, Mike's going all with over-unders this week. He's got Atlanta, Buc Atlanta versus Tampa Bay going with the over at 48. Going with the under with the Jets-Buffalo game, 36-and-a-half. Going with the under with the Steelers-Baltimore Ravens game at 37. 
I'm riding with the Saints to cover the 13. I'm riding with the Green Bay Packers to cover the 12 and a half. And I'm riding with the Tennessee Titans. All teams that got something to play for. Titans favored by three and a half. They all need these games to win them. Their opponents they're playing have nothing to gain at all. That's why I like my best bets better than Florio's. All right, you good? What are you going to do tonight? Anything interesting? Uh, Just, you know, it's going to be warm here tonight. It's going to be like in the low 50s, so yeah. we're probably going to build a fire in the fire pit and uh, sit outside, have a little uh, have a little whiskey and or scotch. I'm have you have some scotch in honor of Aaron Rodgers Very and nice smoke a cigar. Not a daddy, daddy cigar, cigar in honor of you. No, none of that. It's a shame. Uh, just a regular cigar. It's just relax and uh, enjoy the last Friday night of the regular season. You know, for, for us, and look, this is not work. I'm not going to be like you and complain about all the stuff we have to do. But the reality is the only time of the week that things slow down is Friday night. So Friday night's a special night during football season where I kind of get away from it for a little bit. So this is the last Friday night of the regular season. We're going to get away from it a little bit, relax a little bit, get ready for week 17. Week 17 should be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely will be. I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. Enjoy your Friday night. I'll be having some fun too. It's Friday night date night with the wife, so we always get out, have fun. Subscribe, rate, review. So Pe- wait, wait. So mo- mommy cigar? Uh, no, mommy she, and daddy cigar? No, Is that how does, it works? She does mommy wine, and I do daddy right. cigars. That's how we work, how we roll. But PFTPM, Chris Sims on button, joint collaboration, Picks Podcast. We'll be back next week for the playoff picks, no doubt about it. And then we'll still be tallying our record, despite what Florio says. He has no jurisdiction over this matter. Please rate, review, subscribe. Do anything you can, please, to tell us how much you like us. Peace out. You know Monday we'll both be doing recaps of the Week 17 showdowns and maybe some coach coaches being fired as well. Everybody have a good weekend. Be safe. Peace out. See ya. Later. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, Grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions.